Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Welcome, friends, to another r slash pro revenge video. Today, we've got a lot of great stories, and our first story is from Duke Devlin Official I Scammed a Scammer. I was contacted by an obvious scammer the other day. They asked for $160 and I went along with it. I got their cash app and sent them $1 instead of $160, lulling them into a false belief that they're smart and I'm dumb. They were all like, lol lol wrong amount but I got the dollar you sent. You can send me $159 and it'll still be fine. So I typed in $159 on cash app, then pressed request instead of send. Pretty sure they didn't read it. They definitely just clicked accept instead of decline. And I proceeded to block the low-life scammer $159 richer. If it's pretty clear this is a scammer just trying to take your money, is it morally okay to take their money instead? Do you guys think in a heart-to-hearts what OP did here was the right thing? Or did it just feel really good? Let me know in the comments down below. Our next story is from Unsafe Tuna. Change the Wi-Fi password because my roommate kicked me out so her best friend could take my room. I, 23-year-old female, was living with my roommate, also 23-year-old female, for the past year. A few things to know for context, she's been overseas since March, and I was looking after her cat while she's overseas, and she won't be back until late July. We've known each other since high school, where her best friend also went to school with us. Roommate and I were on the same soccer team for six years, and I considered both of them my friends. Her parents own the three-bedroom unit. The third bedroom's used as an office because it's tiny. I asked her before she left if she wanted me to clean her room while she was gone, vacuuming, dusting blinds, etc. But she declined and said to just keep her door closed so the cat doesn't throw up on the carpet. I'll refer to roommate as Rachel and her best friend as Cassie. In May, she sent me a text informing me that Cassie's mom was renting out there, Cassie's family's house, so they would need my room and I'll need to move out. She gave me a deadline of July, as that's when they get back from a music festival. Next day, I get another text from Rachel, telling me that Cassie found black mold in Rachel's room when she came over to clean Rachel's sheets and asked me to clean the mold. I refused because it should be incredibly obvious how dangerous that is. All of this made me incredibly angry and even more betrayed that she would discard me so easily without a second thought and still had the nerve to ask me to keep cat sitting for her and clean the mold out of her room, which could have been avoided. She also conveniently sent me the power bill for the last quarter that just happened to end at the end of June, but managed to overcalculate what I owed by $100 because she didn't factor in her share of the connection fee. Her cat also peed on one of my armchairs I inherited from my mother that are very precious to me. I sent her a message about getting them cleaned, and I've been left on red ever since. I did everything I could to protect those chairs. I put sheets on them so if he jumped on them, the hair wouldn't be all over them. I stuck cardboard along the entire side so he couldn't use them as a scratching post. I thought they were safe till I was moving my stuff out and noticed there was cat hair on both of them and a big stain accompanied by a weird smell on one that was not there before. I began thinking of ways to cause a mild inconvenience to her. I refused to break anything or hurt the cat. My mom came up with a classic, prawns and the curtain rods, but we have no curtains. 
My friend said I should take the cover off the wall-mounted AC and put those dead mice from pet stores people use to feed snakes inside. Alternatively, he said to put brake cleaner on the fan of the AC so it would slowly break down over time, but I didn't want to risk the parents figuring out it was me because of the timing of it breaking. She's not good with tech, so I opted to change the Wi-Fi password on her as it would disconnect all devices previously connected and then she wouldn't know the password to get back in. I then ripped the sticker with the password off the router so she couldn't use the QR code to scan back in, and I changed the first letter to have a capital, so it wouldn't seem too far-fetched that she was just typing it wrong. She's in the midst of a law degree, so a part of me feels bad if she potentially fails any classes, but at the same time, she had no care for me, so why should I care about her classes when her parents pay for her degree anyway? So if she reads this because someone shows her, pay for the cleaning fee for the armchairs or I'll lawyer up. I mean, cutting off somebody's Wi-Fi, I feel like goes beyond mildly inconveniencing. I think it could be only considered mildly inconveniencing if they're smart enough to Google around and figure out how to reset the router. But even then, not only would they have to reset the router, they'd want to have to go back through, reset the Wi-Fi up. Although I feel like it's very easy to follow a tutorial and figure it out, I feel like people who say they're not technologically inclined enough to figure that kind of stuff out just means they don't have the patience to sit down and watch a tutorial and figure it out. Our next story is from Miss Fluffy Bum. Delivery guys didn't deliver, so we just moved and threw away a lot of furniture and bought new from Ikea. We paid for home delivery because there was no way it fit in the car. So the day comes for the delivery to be made, the truck pulls up, Two guys jump out and move all the packages from the truck with nice handy trolleys and they put the items on the pavement, roughly two meters away from the truck. And we asked if they could help because it would be faster if we could use their trolleys instead of carrying everything, but no, they didn't want that. However, if we paid them $50, they'd gladly help. And my mom asked if she could get a receipt for that and they said no because they wanted it under the table. And my sister went, but that's illegal. And oh boy, did they become sour after that. Their attitude changed drastically, and they were short with answers and just unpleasant, and demanded we be quick because they had more places to go. So my dad and sis start carrying in things one by one and walking slowly, and there were about 18 items to be brought inside. Wardrobe and bookcase parts, so the big annoying things basically and my mom ran back and forth between the pavement and our hallway to make sure everything was there so she could check all the boxes because she refused to sign anything until she was certain everything had been delivered and the pissed off delivery guys were getting even more annoyed because they couldn't leave until she'd signed the papers and they tried hurrying us up but instead mom kept running back and forth like a headless chicken acting like the most confused woman I've ever seen. She even threw in a comment saying how if they'd only been willing to give a receipt, it would be finished already. When it was all finished and papers were signed, my sister happily, and with a massive smile, said to have a wonderful day. And they grumpily answered the same. If you get home delivery from Ikea, would you expect them to wheel it into your house up to your front door? I mean, I would kind of hope that they would at least deliver it to at least the front door, right? You're going to leave it roadside where the trash gets picked up and say, boom, delivered. By the way, if you're enjoying these stories, make sure to hit those like and subscribe buttons down below so you never miss any of my daily videos. Our next story is from Tazzy Tazzy, Double Revenge and Seven Year Relationship. 
This happened about 20 years ago while I was working as a computer data center systems administrator. My team is responsible for landing new servers in a data center and keeping them running. An important note, this data center has a very distinct smell of an odd mix of stall air, body odor, and the smell of someone using a soldering iron. The air is recirculated every 7 minutes due to the large air conditioners. About the size of 8-10 to minivans for this particularly small data center. For those that haven't been to an old school data center, they're very loud and the air systems never turn off. I don't believe much, if any, fresh air ever comes in. At this point, I've been in a stable 7-year relationship. Perhaps not the best of times, but definitely not horrible. One day, around 8am, I got a call that a set of servers were having issues, and that the junior admin was attempting to recover it. His fixes made things worse, and took the entire array offline. I get into the data center 30 minutes later, was at home. Due to the criticality nature of the system, it became all hands on deck. About 8 hours later, the entire array of servers was rebuilt and I head home mentally exhausted. The other half greets me at home and I tell them my day was heck and that I was stuck in the data center all day fixing systems. He quickly mentions that he could detect a weird smell on me but doesn't know what. I remind him what the data center smelled like and he calmed down. We have dinner and chill in front of the TV. He then asks why I smell like I've been with someone and asks if I've slept with someone on my lunch break. I looked at him and said something to the effect of, are you freaking kidding me right now? He proceeds to escalate this to a full on fight while I'm mentally exhausted and it never ends. I finally told him to either shut up or I'm headed to a hotel down the road a bit. He stopped. The next day after work, I get home. He greets me with a big smile. I'm expecting a big apology, dinner, flowers, etc. Instead, he tells me that he got revenge on me as he slept with someone else that day. I'm completely and totally shocked and confused. I had never suspected he would ever do such a thing. I couldn't even do such a thing myself. The next day, after he left for work, I called my manager, who is 100% awesome, and told her I'll be taking an emergency mental day. And she didn't even ask a single question and only said, let me know if you need anything. Seeing as the mostly slash kinda lived in my house and he still had a place of his own 20 minutes away, I began packing up his stuff into a few trash bags and left them on the front porch. Heavy objects and bags don't hold well, whatever. Afterwards, Bottom replaced all the locks for the house. The old ones were showing their age anyways. He never stayed another night in this house. The double revenge? It's the best revenge of all. Nine years after this, I met the man of my dreams and we've been together 11 years, married for 6 of them. He's amazing, he's handsome, and sexy as heck. There's so much mutual respect and caring for each other, it's ridiculous. We've been giving each other little mini surprises and gifts, even midweek. We leave little post-it notes to each other, been all over the world together, and just enjoy life so much. It's been so amazing, I don't know life could be this good till I met him. Looking back, I'm sure he either already messed around with someone, or many, or at least knew of someone. I don't know how else you could find someone so quickly to meet up on your lunchtime on such short notice. We ran into my ex about 7 years ago. He was single and seemed lonely. It's blatantly obvious this guy was full on projecting here, right? 
The reason he was so easy to accuse OP was probably because they'd been doing it behind OP's back, right? I agree with OP's sentiment. How can you just find somebody out of the blue to hook up on tomorrow's lunch break like that? OP should frankly be darn grateful that this guy is so stupid and went and outed himself like that. Our next story is from Rumble Skillspin. Manager thought he should protect his brother's wife's cousin from bad old me. This goes back to my first real job in a very small computer sales company. I was the technician slash repair guy for both sales and internal users. Coworkers in the sales department would often consult with me on available inventory, valid configurations, delivery estimates, etc., which meant a short walk out of the office, around a wall, and into the tech area. One particularly attractive coworker, L, now my wife, happened to be a distant relative of the sales manager, M. Although, as I mentioned, all of the salespeople would come back to my area of the shop to consult. It was only when L would come back that M would find a reason to quickly follow. Sometimes it would be to check in with me. Oftentimes it would be to use the bathroom, which was adjacent to my workbench. His approach, seconds to minutes after L arrived, happened with such frequency that it became quickly obvious, especially when he never bothered me any other time. This went on for some weeks, being only mildly annoying. L and I weren't even dating at that point, just professional, if perhaps mildly flirtatious, employees. After a time, M decided that he must not be watching close enough, so he rearranged the office such that L's desk was directly outside his office window. Maybe he thought she crept away quietly from her desk, only yards away from his normally closed office door, to liaise with the ne'er-do-well technician in the shop. I don't know. Anyway, it became ever more annoying. The computer store was in an industrial building with suspended ceilings over the sales and administration areas, but which was open to the roof back in the inventory and tech area where yours truly worked. Winters can be bitter here, and the HVAC wasn't heating that space very well, so I started looking for solutions. After hours one day, I got a ladder and climbed to the top of the framed wall that separated sales and admin from tech, and started looking for a heat duct that I might be able to redirect. And that's when I saw it. The bathroom, remember the bathroom, shared a wall with M's office. There was an exhaust fan with a flexible duct that was routed to an outside vent. And there was a 5x5 ceiling tile in the back corner of M's office, just staring at me, begging me. Yep, I routed the bathroom fan from the men's room directly into his office covering the gap with a pocket I ripped from a lab coat. He complained once in a while about the bathroom smell, but when we were finally acquired and left that office building, that duct was still in place. Honestly, I think the most impressive thing here is OP managed to still date and marry the person that this guy was so unnecessarily overly protecting. Honestly, I think the biggest revenge is putting a ring on their finger. Not only does their office smell like poo, but OP got way further than the guy was ever hoping they would. Our next story is from Samantha Carter 4. If you're so amazing, this shouldn't be a problem. So this happened a few years ago. I was doing my doctoral studies in a research lab at the time. Since this is an academic setting, things run a bit differently from a regular work setting, but not by much. We got a new postdoc from abroad, this guy Bob, who at first seemed really nice. This was his second round of postdoc. To those who don't know, after completing your doctoral studies, 
You can continue working in research labs while having your paycheck come from periodic grants rather than having it come from an institution. It's basically like a scholarship rather than a paycheck, and usually you go on one round of postdoc at a lab before trying to get a tenure, permanent head of lab position, at a research institution. While it's not uncommon to do more than one round, it does mean that you were not good enough, and lucky enough, to get a tenure. So Bob comes to the lab and begins telling us how successful he was at his previous lab, how his boss liked him a lot, how everyone came to him asking for advice and guidance, how knowledgeable he is in all things concerning our field, how he had his own office, how his boss would invite him to dinner and pay for him, etc. Well, we're all a skeptical bunch who live in a country where respect is something you earn and are not entitled to and decorum is non-existent. I think that in my country, the only person anyone calls Mr. is the Prime Minister, and even that is only to his face, so you get how unimpressed we all were by this talk, and how little effect it had on us. A quick chat with his friends of friends from his former institute revealed that this guy was embellishing the truth quite a bit. Yes, he had his own room, but only because most students had. Yes, the boss took him to dinner and paid for it, Together with the rest of the lab, you get the idea. I in particular hated Bob as he got me into an uncomfortable position with the boss. The boss was doing a sabbatical year abroad, and I continued working as usual in his absence. I'm saying that I continued because many people took advantage of the boss's absence to come late and leave early. Myself, the lab manager, and another research associate were the only ones whose attendance didn't really change. Like I said, this is the academia, so people would still get paid even if they didn't come in at... Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. As usual, but no one abused the system more than Bob. This guy was a no-show for most of a year. However, he managed to get away with it by claiming he was coming in during the weekend since he likes to work when no one was around and he didn't need to wait in line to use some device or utility. Only problem is, I had a ton of work to do and no life to live. So I would also come in on the weekends, and not for a little bit, no, I had a lengthy repetitive procedure I needed to carry out that I simply had no time for during normal work days. And so the boss would call me to verify if Bob was coming in on the weekends as he was saying, which I hated, 
I was once outcasted due to similar circumstances in high school, which caused me a lot of mental stress. I knew that I'm a terrible liar and couldn't lie to the boss, but also knew that the truth will put me on a path to conflict with Bob. I didn't like being in that position, and once Bob realized that I was telling on him to the boss, he got pissed and called me a liar, claiming that I was obviously not in while he was, even though I would spend 11 to 6 at the lab. It didn't matter that my lab mates and lab manager believed me, what mattered more was the situation I was in, which would have been avoided had Bob bothered to come at least once a week. The boss didn't take anyone's side and was pretty oblivious to Bob calling me a liar. Well, Bob was not only a lazy liar, he was also an incompetent lazy liar. Dude didn't know how to do the stuff that our undergrad workers did, and that put me in a bind when I came to distribute tasks in the lab. Since this is academia and our lab didn't have a lot of money, we tended to do most of the prep work, like preparing equipment and mixing chemicals, etc. in-house rather than outsource it. And I was in charge of distributing these different tasks between the lab members. Usually I would task someone with something based on their ability to carry out said task. For example, I would give easier things to the new people in the lab, or the less knowledgeable ones, while things that required precision or care I'd give to the seasoned researchers. And usually, things that were simple to do were repetitive, boring, and tedious processes that required more brawn than brain. If they weren't, they usually required interaction with faculty maintenance crew, and this required one to speak the local language, which Bob obviously didn't. We were five people, me and Bob, and we had 16 tasks in the lab. I divided the tasks between all people, two per person, and was left with six. Two were mine ever since I entered the lab, and I was reluctant to give them away as they were somewhat sensitive and needed to be carried out with care. That left four, all were annoying, time-consuming, sweat-inducing tasks. Now, you can probably see where this is going, but still bear with me. I, of course, could have been the bigger person and took on an additional task, but why would I? In terms of rank, lazy, unreliable Bob outranked me, which he constantly reminded me of. It didn't matter that he was so unreliable that task distribution was delegated to someone his junior. All that mattered to him was that he was my senior. So I gave all four remaining tasks to Bob. We had a meeting with our boss via Skype, during which I announced the new distribution of tasks. When I got to Bob, I mentioned his four tasks, and of course, he was furious. He loudly demanded to know why everyone got two tasks, but he got four. So I got a big smile on and said, Why, just the other day, you told me how proficient you were in doing X. I figured that a senior postdoc such as yourself would be able to do all those tasks much quicker and in a much more efficient way than the newbies. My lab members were all suddenly sporting evil grins, and the lab manager merely said blandly, Sounds reasonable enough. Anyone have anything else to say? Of course, one said in front of the boss, and with the support of the lab manager, who also hated Bob, Bob could not protest. Bob was tasked with these four tasks until he left us, and we all made sure to liberally use the equipment he was responsible for. I mean, very clearly, I don't understand a single thing about how this postdoc process works, but it just really, really blows my mind how little Bob can do and skate by without any repercussion at all from anybody. Nobody kept this dude responsible. You're telling me he can be like, oh, of course, I can do that. I'm really, really good. And then not do that and just run the clock out? See him in his third postdoc. 
And our final story of the day is from Felipe Meyer. I thought I was done with my revenge? Till my former boss gave me a second chance years later. This happened a few years back, and recently the whole ordeal just gained some new ramifications, so be advised it's a long tale. Part 1, where I caused my old boss to lose a buttload of money due to software piracy. A little context, I'm a teacher with a degree in advertising and have been involved with IT for the past 20-something years. Although I found my love for teaching just some 10 years ago, I passed through a lot of schools in the meantime, from the big ones to the smallest ones, and accumulated a bunch of experience both in the classroom and behind the scenes designing workbooks, video courses, learning platforms and such. So I started thinking it was past the time to migrate to a management position. The opportunity came in a prestigious school of digital art and I became its teaching manager, overseeing all the teachers and the intern learning routines. It was a hard but honest job for a time. Soon it became obvious that my boss was not exactly what he tried to present to students and employees. He would display bursts of anger and antagonize the team, demanding impossible results and asking about tasks that he never assigned, but somehow was our job to guess. One time during a meeting, he grabbed a big chair and pretended to throw it across the room. It was his idea of a joke. Nobody even flinched, because nobody doubted for a second he was capable of actually doing the deed, and needless to say, nobody laughed as well. In my country, employers may hold employees' contracts up to three months, which means that for 90 days, you have no job security and may be fired at any moment without any consequence to the company, which my boss reminded everyone all the time, half-joking, trying to keep everybody on their toes. He actually excused me from this treatment, he had this bad habit of treating the managers differently, and gave me the constant praise for a good job till the day my temp contract ended, meaning I was then an actual employee with full benefits and couldn't be fired without him paying me everything the law stated. So it really surprised me when he started the hostile treatment not 24 hours after my temporary contract ended and the full employment began. Gone were the praises and in their place came screams, bad reviews, and more and more insane demands. We paid an outside company to do maintenance on the classroom PCs every week. But somehow, bugs and crashes were now my fault. One time he made me stay after hours on a Saturday after all students and staff had left and prohibited me from going home before I had all computers running smoothly. He asked me to find him a new seller and I introduced a friend, making it clear that by no means I was asking for him to be hired. I was just making introductions and if he liked the guy after they talked, it was his own decision and responsibility to hire him or not. A few weeks later he gave me an earful for going for drinks with this friend of mine, saying that managers should stick with managers and that I should mingle with him, not the staff, cause they were beneath us apparently. I said this was absurd, reminded him that I knew this guy for years already and that if he wanted to, he could join us for drinks anytime. It was not the response he expected. The abuse continued and actually intensified. One day, I started to feel chest pains and my left arm went completely numb. While my friend called for an ambulance, I retreated to my boss's office, at the time being occupied by his fiancée and calmly told her, Don't mind me, I think I'm having a heart attack, so I'll just lay here for a few minutes so the students can't see me. Of course, she went nuts after this, 
The good news, it wasn't a heart attack, but an anxiety attack, and wasn't the last one. I was 36 at the time, and it was the first time I saw my mom cry since my dad passed, more than 20 years prior, from, of course, a heart attack. I decided enough was enough, so I gave my 30 days notice, citing health issues. I hadn't yet completed six months working there. I sat down with my boss, didn't blame him in any way, but said the stress was making me worry about leaving my family too soon and gave him every guarantee he needed that I would work through my entire notice period in order to complete every single project we started since my hiring. So I finished updating the courses, finished the development of our brand new e-learning platform, finished hiring the teachers for the next semester. I even shot videos to promote every single course on the school's menu. Less than a week to my last day, he called me into his office to show the company's new career plans. I don't know the equivalent term in English, but it's the path planned by the company for the growth of each position. They say, so you see, that's what you're going to earn in a few months. That is, if you stop being a sissy and just do your freaking job. I could not believe it. After all the abuse, all the toxicity, I had tried to go the higher road and end everything on a good note, and he called my health issues being a sissy? I was done. I told him to just deduct the next few days for my final payment and left. Now for the revenge. Remember how I introduced him to a friend and he actually hired the guy? On my final days, I announced my boss I would open my own school after leaving, but failed to mention that this other employee was my business partner. So when my friend asked himself for his 30 days notice, our boss went livid. He all but threw out my friend, telling him to never put his feet there again and leave immediately. According to the law, that means he had to pay for that whole month, plus every remaining day he worked before, plus commissions. Adding to that my own last payment, which came to six months of benefits, had more than enough to start our new venture. But that's not the revenge. He actually made us sign a sort of NDA with a bunch of illegal clauses, which made the whole contract invalid, preventing us from revealing any company secrets during or after our time with them, at the risk of being fined 30000 around 6000 US dollars at the time. However, no contract in the world may prevent one, at least in my country, from reporting any illegal activities, which is why I did not worry one bit when I reported him and his school for having 50-plus PCs running on pirate versions of Windows, Office, the whole Adobe Suite, Revit, Cinema 4D, 3DS Max, and a lot of very other expensive software. Not long before this, a big and traditional chain of stores had gone bankrupt in our state for having to pay retroactively fines upon fines on Windows alone. So it's an understatement to say that the government was taking piracy pretty seriously at the time. It gets funnier when you realize that the reported person receives an email with this whole complaint apart from the author of the report, the minute it's filed, so he can prepare his defense. His response wasn't at all unexpected. Some five minutes after our report, a similar email came into our inbox, reporting us for 30 unlicensed copies of Windows and many other programs. My business partner still talked to the finance manager on our old job and, knowing our ex-boss would probably be right beside him fuming and screaming, decided to send him a picture of our only classroom, with no computer in sight. We decided to specialize in classes about comic book making, which dispensed computers, and whenever we would host a class that demanded it, we would ask our students to bring their own. 
A few weeks later, I heard that the whole remaining staff abandoned ship, leaving him with only an intern and a few teachers without permanent contracts. My former boss kept tabs on us and, learning that some of his teachers were contacting us to host special classes, started to blackmail them, threatening to terminate their contracts if they insisted on doing business with us, even though there was no exclusivity clause in their contracts. Some of them called on the bluff, and he had to pay another crapload of money on breach of contracts alone. Time went by, and I hear the guys counting his pennies and struggling to keep afloat. He used to open full classes each six months, occupying every date and time available. Now, he can hardly fill a turn. Started holding only night classes and not even every day. Half the week he closes his doors, not having enough students nor the money to pay employees on these days. Before I left, he'd paid 40000 on the architectural project alone to expand the business within a year. But now I hear he's considering closing his doors and offering only online courses, even before the pandemic. And now for part two, where, years after my revenge, I made my ex-boss again pay a bunch load of money, this time on legal fees. First of all, I need to say that my own school has closed its doors. Me and my friend weren't a good fit, as business partners at least, and now we're not even friends. That's life. We cashed out, sold what could be sold, and each went on with our lives. I may even eventually write about my petty revenge against this guy. You can say I hold many grudges, but this tale's not about him. Some months later, I found out our ex-boss was suing us. Our school, that is, which, as I mentioned, didn't even exist anymore. My ex-friend's sister, who's also a lawyer, contacted me and told me about it. I couldn't find anything about it on the public records since the lawsuit was running on court-ordered sigil. I talked to my own lawyer and she said, if they didn't cite you directly, pretend you know nothing about the matter. And so I ignored the issue for a few years. During lockdown, the appointed official finally found me at home and served me. That also gave me access to my boss's claims since I had 15 days to prepare my defense. My wife found me laughing out loud in front of the computer. His claims were absolutely ridiculous. He claimed I stole his courses and used as proof a print from our now offline site, side by side with his own, saying something in the lines of, it becomes obvious that both schools have the same courses. However, he presented no explanation of the similarities besides the names, which weren't even the same. We had a segment of trainings under the umbrella graphic design, but no class with that specific name, for example, and no other class on any of his main subjects. Also, most of our classes were in the topic of comic books, which he never worked with. He also called us cynical for daring to compete with him in the same market, even if it was my own previous experience in the learning sector that landed me the job in his firm in the first place. At one point, the document cited a statement from our site where we said that we took our previous experiences as a way to learn with our mistakes and do differently, and called it a confession of plagiarism. I asked my lawyer to let me write my own defense, leaving her the task to translate it to lawyerism. She actually copy-pasted my full statement, saying she couldn't have argued better. I put on paper all the repulse I felt, cited all my experience with teaching, and rebuked every single one of his claims with facts and actual proof, attaching printed conversations, saved emails, and bringing attention to his own lacking of proof. The judge tossed the case and made him pay all the legal fees, including my lawyers. 
He could have avoided it if he had entered the lawsuit in small claims court, but since he wanted the 30000 from the NDA, plus damages and sigil, he had it coming. Just another shove of dirt on his coffin. I love the story because I despise anybody that is so just stubbornly hot-headed like that, that feels like nobody can do any better than them, leaving them means you're the scum of the earth, competing against them especially means you're the scum of the earth, you're just trying to bite off their success or whatever. It is so nice to see this ridiculous hot-headed fool fall right on their butt. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now, if you want to hear another revenge story that was way crazier than any of the ones in this video, click on that left video, or if you missed my latest video, check out the one on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.